Welcome to Ministry Strong with Lisa Whittle, where ministry matters so much that a co-host and I have conversations to help strengthen and encourage ministry leaders to serve Jesus with integrity for the long haul. And we don't shy away from the tough issues about culture and the church. All right, just a small little question for you. Does the business of Jesus, my God, that, that's like an air quote. <laughs> okay. Compromise our integrity. Does the business of Jesus compromise our integrity? So I'm going to have to reframe the question. <laughs> you don't like my question. No, I do love the question. I just think that we need to put in a little bit like, can the okay. business of Jesus okay. compromise our oh, integrity? Because okay. yes. Okay. I mean, this is a whole whole conversation. What qualifies something as quote unquote the business of Jesus? Is it a monetary exchange? Okay. Is it um, vocation? Is it, you know, I do this for a living, but I don't get paid for it, but I'm like a tent maker. So, mm. you know, I've got a full-time job out in the culture, but I'm an associate ministry leader in my church. Like what, what qualifies something as the business of Jesus? And then whatever, how are we define that? Then we would say, yeah. I know. Can it? Yeah, sure. It's a big loaded question. What we're talking about really today is integrity. So that's how I want to approach this conversation. I want us to talk about integrity. And I think the question that people are really asking is, does anybody have integrity in ministry anymore? No. (laughs) That was a quick no. (laughs) I mean, but, but, okay, look. It's it's I mean, we're sad. laughing because if we weren't laughing, we'd be crying. You're, that Just is so, so true. Knows. I would be in a fetal position sucking my thumb right the now. The reason why my wife and I, 99% of the fights that we get into, just so you all know, is because in the <laughs> smack in the middle of a fight, my response, my defense mechanism is to laugh. Yeah. And so when you hear me laughing at like something <laughs> that sounds like that's really serious, yeah. just know, like, Britt's yeah. already mad and she's not even here, you know? <laughs> like, it's just... I get if it. If we weren't laughing, we'd be crying. No. I mean, this is such a... Gosh, I, I, it makes me want to cry right now. I mean, it is such an important topic. We won't, we will not cover it in twenty five minutes. But it's it's so important to talk about Joel because, and in fact, what I was I was thinking about what topics are we going to cover on Ministry Strong this season? I mean, integrity was literally the first one that came to my mind because it, it's everything. I mean, it is it is the thing that I think makes people disregard. Everything we say we believe, everything we preach, it is the thing, the lack thereof, that has caused ministry folks to lose families and mm-hmm. and careers and um, and our way and our souls to a degree. And I don't mean we actually lose our souls, but you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. it, is, it is the thing, right? And so... I think when we say, is it possible for anyone to have integrity in ministry anymore? It's sort of the cry of people's hearts when they look around and they see another pastor fall or another, you know, famous author or, or Bible teacher fall. It's like, man, does the business of Jesus, and again, we could spend time defining it, but I, I don't really even want to talk about it in those terms. But I'm just saying, does that, does like doing the work of Jesus get to the point where it becomes prevalent over the relationship with Jesus? And I think that's the thing. And I even think, Joel, and I want to, I'm curious to hear what you think on this. I think even the process of being close to the Lord, even as you might play a ministry role, 
uh, I mean, that can even lead to pride, which leads to a lack of integrity. I mean, th- mm-hmm. there's so many things at play here, right? Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting when you first mentioned integrity. I think of my mom when I was probably nine or eight. At least, do you remember those big posters that would have, like, integrity in the definition? Oh, and yeah. character in the definition. Uh, and like, persevere. What was all the... Wasn't like, that at, like, the mall store that was called, like, Successory yes, or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, my son had one. It was, like, a football guy carrying... It was, like, determination. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, like, my mom had, like, the integrity one. And I'll tell you what. I did... As a, I'm an Indian kid that grew up in a very traditional Indian household. And, you know, like, today, my kids, they get to, like, pretty much decorate their room the way that they want. Like, it's pretty amazing. I think I'm a great dad. Like, I, my, my wife's awesome, too. But, like, I think I'm amazing. Yeah. Because I let them put up all their... My mom... I did not have that choice, y'all. <laughs> my mom decorated that room the way that she wanted it to be decorated. Yep. And you know what stood at the head of my bed uh, was this big poster <laughs> framed in black with a scenic thing behind it. I, I still can see it in my mind right now in its integrity. Yeah. You know, and a definition of what uh, integrity is. And so I want to just maybe start with, like... Well, what is integrity? Uh, and yeah, let's define it. Let's 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 define let's it. Define and it. then I want to talk about the tension of integrity. Integrity deals with uh, being upright, which basically means righteous, having okay. righteousness, right standing. Yeah. It deals with a blamelessness, and it deals with having a clarity of conscience. Mm. Clarity of conscience. Um, but here's where I think, and and you were talking about this, Lisa. You're talking about like what happens when. Um, we we make small misses yeah with our integrity cuz i'm actually convinced with you that it's not one day doesn't somebody doesn't wake up and just say i'm going to blow my life up no way Th- that's not i mean and if it does it is so ridiculously rare it i think it's a series of small uh starting with unintentional that becomes intentional that grows into uh massive issues of integrity yeah and so uh, there's a difference between pursuing integrity and having perfect integrity. Mm, There's okay. a difference between pursuing integrity and having perfect integrity. Here's where I think that the, the problem happens with that progression of uh, unintentional, intentional to like the, the massive. Somewhere along the way, the pursuit of integrity is lost. Mm. We no longer care about it because something else becomes more important for us and i think with like ministry and i don't think this is like to be honest with you i don't think this is a mat like is reserved for the celebrities reserved for the platform the pastors of mega churches the ministry leaders of massive nonprofit organizations i think this is an a, a serious issue and concern for the mom and dad they're yeah. trying to raise their kids Right. You know, the the pastor of a church of 100 that is just faithfully doing their ministry day in and day out. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think it's I think it's massive. You know, I was I was thinking about this as we were going to do this topic. And I thought to myself, when I think of integrity and I love, love what you just said, clarity of conscience that that's that struck me. But when I think of integrity, Joel, I think to myself, there's no, there are really kind of no lesser things. Like if you're going to live a life of integrity, right? Because because when you say perfect integrity, well, that I'm already out because right. I'm thinking to myself, well, I can't get there because there's no, there, perfection's not possible. I'm, I'm guaranteed to mess up. I'm not qualifying for that. 
But my thought process is there's going to be nothing that can be considered lesser in my purity with my relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. So I can't put them on scales. I can't say, well, this is not as important as this. Um, when it comes to purity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because I think when we start diminishing some things and elevating others, we start picking and choosing between which things we can allow ourselves to do. Yeah. And then we can get into trouble because that then becomes the allowances, mm-hmm. right? That we, that we, that we do. So we're like, well, this one's not that big of a deal. This is not that big of a deal. I can sort of be involved with this. As a leader, do you ever feel like there's not enough of you to go around? Maybe you feel alone or that you're too busy helping others to tend to your own needs. Do you ever wonder who you should talk to about your life? If so, I want to tell you about Anchored Hope and the excellent counseling available to you today. Anchored Hope brings care and counseling to ministry leaders like you, as well as the people you serve. They offer convenient and confidential virtual counseling with professionally trained and theologically educated counselors. Choose a counselor based on a specific issue or contact the Anchored Hope team to ask for a recommendation based on your needs or partner with them as a ministry and utilize their services as a helpful extension of your team. As a shepherd and leader, you have to have a place you can trust for your own help and healing. To explore counselors and schedule your first session, visit anchoredhope.co. If you use code MINISTRYSTRONG at sign up, you'll get 10% off all your sessions through 2023. Again, that's anchoredhope.co. And don't forget to use code MINISTRYSTRONG when you register. Who doesn't love free resources? My friends at Women of Welcome are offering something I especially love, free Bible study resources. These studies are beautiful, simple, and can be done individually or with your small group. One of the things I love about Women of Welcome is how they connect the conversation about immigration to the broader pro-life conversation, connecting all the dots to help folks attach confidence to their compassion in the immigrant and refugee space. This makes them an especially important resource for ministry leaders. If you've never heard of Women of Welcome, I can personally give testimony to their heart for the gospel as I've gone on an immersion trip with them down to the southern border. And it was not only a beautiful experience, but one that has helped me better understand how to lead people in the immigrant and refugee conversation. Women of Welcome believes that God calls us to a deep love for the vulnerable, the marginalized, and the forgotten. They are an incredible resource because they help you understand biblical hospitality in a fresh and authentic way. You may not be able to go on an immersion trip like I did, but if you are interested in learning more, a great starting point is Women of Welcome's Christ-like Welcome Study, which you can download for free today. Spend five weeks in the Word exploring the complicated and beautiful welcome of Jesus toward His most beloved creation, human beings. To download your free copy of the Christlike Welcome Study, visit womenofwelcome.com slash ministry strong. That's womenofwelcome.com slash ministry strong for your free Bible study. I was talking with a girlfriend who was telling me a story about how her pastor met with 
this woman who, you know, it was just a regular meeting, no big deal. And when they got into this meeting, he felt and sensed this sort of connection, married guy, uh, since this connection between them that kind of sparked something, you know, I mean, sometimes there's an attraction there, right? Even when you're married, I mean, there's, there, Mm -hmm. this can happen and felt it. And they, he could feel it that she could felt it, feel it. And there was this thing between them and nothing happened inappropriately. But in that moment where he felt that he sensed immediately the conviction of the Holy spirit Mm. of, where this could because he had kind of let his mind go like hey nobody might ever know about this mm-hmm. immediately you know felt that conviction mm-hmm. and i think that's it joel is is we're going to have moments come up whether we're in ministry or not in ministry just real regular life whatever though we have that moment right where it could go one way or the other and if we are not in tune with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit, like that's where that moment could go woefully wrong because, you know, we're, we're all human beings. The, things are going to happen. We're going to have thoughts. We're going to have moments, but it's where it goes. And mm-hmm. there just can't be lesser things. That's what I'm saying. Like char- character is a thread, you know, um, another situation that I know of that I'm thinking of is just sometimes these threads of integrity that at least my, in my observation have happened. Like uh, I knew of another pastor who was in the habit of plagiarizing. Mm. Okay. That, that to some people plagiarizing might not be on the scale of an affair. Now to me it is because I make my career with words. Right. So, but it's an integrity piece, right? Mm -hmm. You're copying people's sermons and you're preaching their sermons I don't like that. Like yeah. that—that's integrity, right? But guess what? That pastor also was later found out to be having an affair. Mm. I think and propose. Tell me if you disagree. That integrity often has a thread. Mm-hmm. You are not integrous in one area of your life. You're often not integrous in another. Yeah, I think it, I think the thread is is absolutely accurate, and I think that it's the danger. It's the danger of. If I can get away with it in this area, why not? Right. Why couldn't I get away with it in another area? Okay. That's it. You were talking and I had this thought uh, about integrity. I want to ask you this question. So, like, I always think, uh, like, the the what is the everyday average person kind of like, what are they saying when it comes to this issue? And I think this is what they're saying. They're saying, well, it's not that big of a deal. Hmm. It's just not a big deal. Right? Yep. So, here's my thought. My thought is, well, that not big deal issue yeah. left unattended is what almost always leads us to the big deal. Yeah. You know, but I want to get super practical, Lisa, and I'm curious how you've done this. Mm-hmm. How, how have you reacted to the, well, it's not a big deal and protected yourself from underreacting or overreacting to the situation. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because there is the sense of like, well, you don't want to blow something up out of proportion, but you also don't want to underreact and let these, it's not a big deal issues begin to, compromise your heart and yeah. compromise your integrity? It's a very good question. I have to tell you, Joel, that I find personally that if 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 I allow myself to let myself off the hook, in most cases, I will. And so I almost feel like we, I'm going to speak for myself, I almost feel like I can't be too strict with myself when it comes to integrity. 
Um, and that's just my belief system. I don't live under a, a, a I, I'm not, I don't live under a yoke. I really don't. I feel a lot of freedom with Christ. But when it comes to my purity and when it comes to my integrity, I'm going to tell you, Joel, I take that super seriously. And you know why? Because I have watched leaders, even one that lived in my very own home, that have been so gifted that have fallen off a cliff because small things weren't a big deal. And I'm just not willing to lose the just the ability to even communicate God's word. And I mean, even saying that honestly scares me hmm. because I don't want to live in a place where I think that that couldn't happen to me. Like I am always so aware hmm. that I am one step from falling off a cliff because we all are. Yeah. And I think that's the way that I carry my life is I think I'm one step. I'm one step from that cliff. Yeah. And so I, I move as far away from a cliff as I can. I don't get as close to it. So good. That is the way that I look at it. I don't feel like I have leeway when it comes to my purity. Yeah. I don't. And I don't mess with it. I have, um, uh, I help, I get the real honor and privilege of helping authors with their um, theological kind of content, the reviews, and and we process theology together. One of the ways that, uh, Lisa, you and I have uh, met, and, yeah. and it's been super fun. I have uh, a friend who is working on a book, Project Send Me His First Draft, and it had the tra- uh, the track changes on, you know, yeah. so you can kind of see yeah. what everything is going on. And there was um, a long-form quote from a very, very well-known pastor who had a very, very public fall. Mm. And that entire quote was read it out, like lined out, like crossed out. Wow. And right next to it was the comment section, obviously can't use this. Yep. I took that piece of paper and I actually have it framed and I have it standing kind of next to my desk Mm. because that is that one decision, Mm. right? That over a period of time left unattended, that left like compromised, turns into a massive situation that has... Um, a massive impact. There's a there's a story in Genesis 20 that I think is really interesting, and it goes back to how we were talking about integrity. It's the story between Abraham and his wife Sarah and this king uh, Abimelech. It's in it's in uh, Genesis 20, and Abraham's kind of a knucklehead. Just so you know, like I I resonate with Abraham. God's been faithful to Abraham. Abraham still has a problem trusting God. I mean, sound familiar to any of us in ministry, right? And uh, Abraham goes. He's like, "Yo, my wife is very beautiful, very attractive." And his thought in the back of his mind is, if the other kings, other men, see how beautiful she is, they're gonna kill me, <laughs> so they can marry her. Yeah. So his response is literally like, "I'm gonna just tell them." That that she's my sister, which we don't know what Sarah thought about this, but I'm kind of like, what did Sarah think about all of this? I, I can tell you, if Sarah's anything like me, she'd be like, I don't love this. <laughs> I do not love this. Like, what is going on? Yeah. Right? And so, anyways, the in Genesis 20, he says this, the king obviously hears about this beautiful um, woman, brings her in to basically be part of his, like, you know, court, his marriage, you know, kind of a wife or whatever you want to call it. But it's it's really interesting. Um, it says here in verse 4, Genesis 20, verse 4. Now, Abimelech had not approached her, which is basically a nicer way of saying that he didn't, he wasn't intimate with her. So he said, um, and because God came to him in a dream in verse 3 and basically said, you're going to be destroyed because you married, uh, or you married a married woman. He said, Lord, would you destroy a nation even though it is innocent? 
Verse 5. Didn't he, and he's referring to Abraham, didn't Abraham himself say to me, she is my sister? (laughs) And she herself said, he is my brother. Now listen to this, Lisa. He ends this with saying, I did this with a clear conscience and clean hands. And then God responds in the dream. Verse 6. Yes, I know that you did this with a clear conscience. I have also kept you from sinning against me. So God doesn't just get, let him have all the glory on this one. He's like, nah, but I was actually working behind the scenes. Therefore, I've not let you touch her. Now, return the man, man's wife, for he is a prophet. And he'll pray, and, and, and it goes on. I think this is such an, it, this is that tension of integrity. Mm. Because technically, Abimelech did do something incredibly wrong. Yeah. But he did it without all the information of what was taking place. Mm. The minute he knows now this information, he is in a tension point of, is he going to live out the clear conscience and clear hands? Or is he going to be like, man, that's Abraham's fault. I cannot be held responsible yeah. for, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Mm. Like, he lied. This is, in my household, we call this a self-whooping. And so now Sarah <laughs> is my wife. Like, sorry, bud. You, yeah. you, you lucked out. God speaks to him. And, and what do we have? And I think this is the irony that a Gentile, a person outside of entire God's family, is the one who shows integrity, clear conscience, clear hands, and, uh, and, and a reputable kind of life. And he does that in the presence of Abraham. And I think it's supposed to be a witness to Abraham mm. and Sarah to remind them of how important it is to be honest and live a life of integrity. Churches are full of hurting people and pastors spend a lot of their time helping hurting people get better. But who is helping our pastoral leaders heal from their own hurts, anxieties, and struggles? When these hurts aren't healed, how do they affect their ministry? Right now, Media partnered with best-selling author and psychologist Dr. Henry Cloud to answer these questions. A Church That Heals is a free video series that Right Now Media designed to encourage church leaders in their own process of healing. Taught by Dr. Henry Cloud, a Church That Heals explores how spiritual growth and formation can lead to healing clinical issues, relational struggles, and professional discouragement. In this series, Dr. Cloud shares how leaders who are healed can better lead churches that heal. To access this free five-session video series, visit rightnowmedia.org slash That's rightnowmedia.org slash ministry strong. I think those are great sort of nuggets for habits of integrity. You know, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing, right? Because here's my thing, Joel. I believe integrity, like everything else, is a choice. It, it, it is a it is a choice we choose to have integrity you don't just like you know you say you said at the, the top of the show like I, I don't think we expect to blow our life up we're not like going into it expecting to blow our life up I think it's I think it's interesting that we plan so many things in our life like we plan for what vacations we're gonna do we plan for uh, if, oh, at least a lot of us as women we're like we plan for what the family is gonna look like or whatever <laughs> plan for the house all that stuff we don't plan well for how we are going to stay pure in our ministries, mm. in our in our uh, relationship with Christ. And I believe in this day and time, especially with the foe that we have who is constantly warring against us, there's got to be a plan yeah. for how you're going to stay integrous in your ministry. And so that's sort of my challenge is like, make the choice, have a plan. Mm-hmm. Don't just wing this. Like, th- no, it's too tough out there to wing it. When we have people who are literally being disillusioned, walking away from the church, walking away from the faith, 
wrecking lives, falling off cliffs because nobody had a plan. Everybody just decided to wing it. Well, integrity is kind of out there. Yeah, I just really want to do it. No, you got to want it more than that. You got to have a plan for it. We need some habits. And I love Rich Velotas had this great quote. Integrity is not about living something perfectly, but wrestling with something faithfully. Mm. It is a faithfulness factor. And I propose it is a choice. That's so good. I had to look up a quote from, because you used Rich, which is amazing. I yeah. think he's incredible. I'm going to use an NBA basketball player. <laughs> I love it. Bring Giannis. It. We're going to use Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo. Giannis, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. I <laughs> I know I butchered your last name, and I feel that deeply because mine's Mutamali. Um, this is what he said. He said, you get what you work for, not what you wish for. You get what you work for. Thank you, Giannis. You get what you work for, not what you wish for. I think we've got a lot of people. And it's a conviction for me. I'm wishing for integrity. Like, I have a, I have an ambition for that. Well, ain't going to get it unless you work for it. Ministry Strong is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts, produced and edited by Angie Elkins. Artwork by Caleb Peavy and Noel Rhodes. Original music by Robert Elkins. A special thanks to my Ministry Strong team. Thank you for your dedication and hard work. Your hosts of Season 1 are Lisa Whittle and Dr. Joel Matamale. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get strong in him.